Hello there. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Woo! What's up, everybody? You have now tuned into the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Happy May, everybody. It is it's like Star Wars month May. this month. Uh, my name's Justin. I'm one of your hosts. Joining me today, as always, are my special co-hosts. This is Josh, and as my new favorite meme for May uh, that I saw today, it was Joy Fatone, and it said, it's no longer April. <laughs> it <laughs> Straight into no the point. April. That's true. <laughs> uh, this is Kyle, and I hope I am emotionally prepared to discuss Season oh. 4 of Rebels, because it is mm. a real heartbreaker a couple times. Mm, don't yeah. even get me started. Mm. Rewatching it this weekend, it was like yeah, it I, hurts, I forgot man. how good it was, it and it hurts. was just tears started welling up. I'm like, man, I was like, this is so good storytelling though. But um, before we dive into that though, we do have a couple updates. Not a lot, but a little bit to talk about celebration here. Um, we did get some news, get some news and notes on the things happening at the end of May in Anaheim, California. So um, currently. Guys, it's this We're month. What, three weeks out. Can you believe We're it? Three weeks. I know. I'm so excited, dude. You, this month. I can hardly, can hardly contain my excitement right now. Um, it's just so much happening. Uh, As we have, of this people have started getting badges. Our flights are in three weeks and two days. Yeah. Wild. It's insane. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, people are getting still, badges. Still wants no? to disappoint. Yeah, <laughs> Josh is having. I'm trying some to be a more positive version of myself. I want the second half of my life to be better than the first half. But my goodness, I am not impressed by this celebration <laughs> they've been preparing for two years. Yeah, you. Um, I. You, I think you posed that question in our chat the other day. Like, you know, you, you kind of wanted to uh, quell the expectations yeah. a little bit, and I'm going. But my reply to you, I think, was. They've been had two years to plan yeah. this thing. It should be, yeah, I, I bananas. Said to Justin, like it I'm should like, be over the top. Were my expectations too high? Have we been thinking about this for too long that there's just nothing Reed Pop can do that's gonna please us? Because I feel like every announcement, I'm like, meh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think that no, I don't think that the disappointment is your fault. I think when I when the badge art is bad and. They're doing stuff like announcing one pin at a time mm-hmm. and mailing out badges without shipping notifications to some people. Yeah. Like, yeah. mine came with no shipping notification. And I got my Sunday and not my other three days or four days or whatever. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, I thought you got all of them. You only got one, literally well, one Well, remember, day. I had to order Sunday separately when they re-released them, ah. so I got that order, yep. but like Josh and I were saying before we were recording, uh, you know, they combined them in your online account, yep. your show clicks or whatever account, and, but, you know, whatever, I, uh, You only got one. Yeah. I figure the others yeah. will come. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, and the funny thing was, was I think I, I messaged you guys and said, oh, I got my email. They shipped. 
And I think I was the first one to email yeah. you guys, and I still don't have anything yet. Yeah. So I got no email and one pass. Yeah. So yeah, no idea how that's working. And um, we did the get badge confir- art. We did get confirmation that Mark Hamill's not coming, which was yeah. also a disappointment. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, which I know um, Reed, that's not really <laughs> Reed Pop's fault, but <laughs> right. still right. not what we wanted. Yep. Uh, and Josh, you mentioned the badge art. Uh, if if you haven't seen it yet, go out. You can Google it. The badge art pictures Google are out there for it. most of the passes. Um, Maggie shared hers. I think hers was what Bespin. Yeah, she's got the little um, uh, the the twin the Cloud uh, City side by side impractical the, ship thing. <laughs> <laughs> the sneaker car. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then uh, I think you said you have a Millennium Falcon on the Sunday. Yep pass i think and then there's the um one of them was literally like i think it's navarro at night there was um, the one uh with the x-wing in the swamp on dagobah looks decent mm-hmm. don't mind yeah, that. that's the that's the vip pass yep, we're not getting it <sighs> none of us are gonna have nope. it jedi masters the all only. day was it the was it the all day one the or the four day one was the was the navarro scene which is like dark it's just and it's all hard black to see, and there's and like it's an all arch black. of lights not the coolest thing you ever saw. Maybe they maybe they look better in hand than in photos. I don't know. <laughs> maybe not. I don't know. But um, yeah. So the badge art already not great. Um, but we did get a positive announcement. Um, there was an announcement of the art show, and a lot of the vendors' artwork that's going to be released was on there as well. Um, so you can. You can check that out. There, um, there's some really cool prints. The um, what is the one? What did I say? Oh, you like Danny Haas? He only has five colors. He only has five paints in his palette, but his stuff. I like Danny Haas, but I don't like a hundred dollar Danny Haas for a reprint. I mean, it was. It's a cool print. I'm such a a a miser, but like, man, it's a print. You're just printing them out. I mean, I get you. You made. You took the time. It's a piece of art, but I'm not buying your painting. You're not only selling one. You're gonna sell. 500 of them yeah Yeah. um i did like the one with leia and lando and they were kind of looking at the hollow of jabba's palace and it was like the pre-plan of going to rescue han there was a couple Um, of did that that one but that was pretty dope which is good yeah it's hard to draw a realistic likeness of a a person that we know you know yeah, um, but go check that out. That was um, pretty cool. That's out there. You can see that. There's a full list of the tattoo artists also available now. So if you want to check out some of their artwork, most of it you can find on Instagram. I clicked through um, all of them, actually, all of mm-hmm. their Instagram accounts that were available. And I found I'm judgy uh, about, well, about everything. How has, if you're, how a, has a, if few you're a friend of the show, I'm judgy, period. <laughs> but like, I'm judgy about tattoos big time. I'm pretty heavily tattooed. And I think my mm. tattoo guy is real good. Uh, and I will say there were three of them that I was like, oh, these people are just fine. And then all the other ones, I was like, wow, these are really, really good mm-hmm. tattoos. So I think, you know, you're in good hands pretty much across the board there in Tattoo Alley. Somebody did um, had a really good portfolio of portraits. And I can't remember who it was, but one of them in there had really good. I saw three or four. I probably trust to do a photorealistic yeah. portrait. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking to do a Leia or a Luke or something like that, there's a couple of them that are are spot on with the photo likenesses. So, um, but I think you can also book times uh, for those already too. So you can definitely reach out to the artist directly if you want to do something specific. 
Yeah, um, but get a hold of them early because those time slots will fill up, and I would suggest Extremely probably doing fast. it. Yeah, either really early or in the con, or do it the last day of the con because you're you're not going to want to miss a lot of stuff going on. So, um, panels dropped. We have a million panels to go check out. Full schedules are available for everything that's in the uh, the celebration stage, the Twin Sun stage, and the Galaxies stage. Mm-hmm. Um, those are all those are all the big panels along with the overflows, and then there's just tons of different. I don't want to say conference rooms, but other smaller rooms Overflow that house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that house like different panels for anything that you could want to talk about or learn about Star Wars wise. Um, I believe Maggie's actually co-hosting one of those panels as well. So um, go check those out. They're great to kind of like fill the day as you go to. Um, but I would say you plan, rem- plan your weekend out. Do you remember we went to um, one that was all about uh, the score and they were showing how mm-hmm. basically John Williams scored every second of the entire of all the movies and and then they yep. pulled out what they didn't want to use and uh, they showed scenes with the score that got removed and they showed it removing the score that does exist. Uh, it was really cool and it, it wasn't one of the main panels, um, but mm-hmm. I, I thought that one was really interesting. Well, I think the the gentleman that hosted that is also hosting. It's the Attack of the Chords yeah. panel. Oh, okay. I think it's the same guy that hosted that one is doing the Attack of the Chords panel. Well, I'd give that um, one my uh, yeah. my thumbs up approval then. They were playing scenes from Empire Strikes mm-hmm. Back without music behind it, yeah. and it was way different. Sp- it just hit different i specifically remember one where luke is climbing up one of the vines you know he's doing like a rope climb thing (laughs) and there was like a i can't like a flute like a when he when he climbed up and (laughs) we're like oh man i'm kind of glad they left that one out but it was uh it was really weird to see (laughs) it was the train like the training montage without music and it was like this is not good. It was the yeah. same with uh, Chewie and the the hangar bay as they're closing the door. It was just yeah, sound effects was, and Chewie totally, totally yelling, and it was like, oh, doesn't quite hit as hard without the music. So I like a panel. I go check that out, stuff. though. Yeah, um, and Josh, Josh is a big music guy, so that's probably one Yuge. that's uh, on Yo. It's probably on his list to go check out. So um, maybe you'll see him there. So you might. Don't but talk to me panels. about COVID. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Um, but so, yeah, there's. I was gonna tell ahead, Maggie's panel is uh, how Ray defined a new Star Wars generation. There uh, you go. It's on the fan fan uh, stage, featuring uh, Arzu from uh, Space Waffles and Laura from Friend of the Force show? Toast, who we've had on, and mm-hmm. Andreas, who we've had on. Yep. Oh, and yep. Lacey from uh, Resistance Broadcasts. Yeah. yeah. All good people. All good people. Go support their po- go support their panel, man. Uh we've actually Check done shows out. with all of them. So, you know, again, yeah. seal of approval. Yep. They're all good good people. Yes. Yes. Um but yeah, lots of lots of stuff out there. I you can actually find on some of the Facebook pages there's somebody did a full Excel file of basically all of the days, the times, mm-hmm. the panels, everything. So, um, it's out there for free if you want. I think it's just pictures. Yeah. Like if you want to just print Somebody it like that, you can. Their Excel spreadsheet. I'll, I'm going to yeah. make us one once we have our our weekend plan a little more established too. Yeah. Yep. So lots going on there. We did have um, a vendor announcement last week as well. Uh, Sideshow has announced that they are going to be 
um, attending Good celebration news. this year with new merchandise for Star Wars. Um, and they did kind of tease a little Attack of the Clones product, some figures maybe for product. And they had a 3PO and an R2 standing there. I don't know if that's actually the figures cool. that they're going to be re-releasing because they've already released those figures. But I don't know if that's a, a new thing for Attack of the Clones or what. It's going to be 3PO's um, head for, on a B2 battle droid body. They, yeah. It's a, hey, if it's a con exclusive, man, I, I might be down. So uh, Maybe but they're going to be there Darth as well. Maybe they'll bring to Anaheim, and I can just pick it up there in person. Do you think they'll do that? Yeah. <laughs> there I call you go. somebody? Um, they would if he the, was in Attack of the Clones, but since he's not, you're uh, Oh, no, I'm talking about the, oh, they are only bringing Attack of the Clones featured characters. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's too bad. Correct. Yeah. Um, if you haven't checked out a sideshow booth li- like live and in person, though, cool they are impressive. It is cool to see. They've got great display cases, which they can tell you who the vendor for their display cases are. They're super expensive. I'm not going to lie. Um, but they are very, very nice. You can get them lit, non-lit with the plexiglass oh, over top. Lit, right. You can do it up like museum style. So they are lit. I got <laughs> my first ever um, sideshow figure in the mail this week, guys. Yeah, um, how you loving it? It's uh, set up on my. I mean, it's not even in my Star Wars room. It's in the living room uh, on my table in there. Uh, but she's awesome. She looks great. I've got Ahsoka cloaked up. She's talking to Master okay. Yoda on her little hollow thing, and her cloak's blowing in the wind. It's very dope. Um, I mean, that's that's the thing is like if you get tired of a pose, you just change it up. Well, I figure when Darth Maul eventually does come, then we got to do some kind of action pose with both of them. Mm-hmm. So we'll switch it up at that point. The God, standoff. What a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Huge <laughs> nerd. It's the big standoff. So, yeah, they're going to be there, though. They're going to have lots of stuff. Hopefully, they have an exclusive or something like that. They've done that in the past. So, hopefully, they've got something else. Um, and then, obviously, we've got May 4th coming up. May the tons of stuff. Uh, we got May fourth, May fifth, May sixth, whatever one is the Sith day. Official Sith day is coming up. Revenge of the um, sixth. Lucas's birthday is this month. We got celebration at the end of this month. We got everything going on literally this month for Star Wars. Uh, Disney has started to release some of the stuff that they're going to have for um, Star Wars Day on Wednesday. Uh, they they. This is a big announcement. This is a very big, important announcement. They did release, and they are going to produce and, and sell a Galaxy's Edge Legacy lightsaber set that is the Ahsoka Rebels hilts, which have been gone. They were, they were basically retired from the parks, and now they're re-releasing it with a box that I'm going to guess has some kind of sound... Um, the box to looks it when really you lift nice. the lig. Yeah, the box is really nice. It's not the standard gray plastic thing that you get with the little push button switch in the front. It's it's got the Leku print all over yeah, it's it. Blue it's got and the white. fulcrum logo. It's got some um, arabesh written on it. Yeah, it looks really, really good. Limited to eight thousand pieces. So odds of getting one are pretty good. Still don't have a price yet, but it was confirmed today on Shop Disney. That dropped earlier this afternoon so i am super excited for that and we'll yeah you guys don't need to try and get those though. don't that. worry about it don't press yourself no don't go by <laughs> justin no. and i want them so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i'm gonna be hitting the reef oh it i forgot it drops um 
7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. No. <laughs> no, give them the Pacific Time. Try to throw them off a little bit and make them figure it out, Kyle. Make them work. Uh, yeah, it's it's 10 Eastern. 10 a.m. Eastern Time is when those are going to be released. Um, so I will be panicking, hitting the refresh button at about 10 a.m. Yeah, on uh, on Wednesday morning. So My uh, office is going to be getting tons of work out of me that hour. well hopefully you get it like the first five minutes and then you just go right back to it so i was trying um, to do a remote day on may 4th and someone uh scheduled me for something today and oh freaking people they rat you out they were like don't don't schedule josh no i just i had a fam like i had a family schedule me for something and i can't uh can't say no to it can't be like it's star wars day i'm working from home Nice. Um, well, and if we get if we get any new any more drops on news for guests, uh, anything going on, um, be sure to check out any one of our social medias: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Outer and Beacon. We try to get news up as soon as we hear about it on any one of those uh, social media sites. So um, go check them out. Like, subscribe wherever we got your podcast. You can listen to us. We drop every week. Um, what is it? iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all the key places. I was talking to a nice gentleman in uh, Target the other day, trying to sell me with some AT and T stuff, and he was like, "Oh, what's your podcast?" And I said, "Outer Rim Beacon." He was like, "Pulling it up right there." He said, "All right, I'm joining." I, you know what? At this point, I would like to know if you listen to podcasts somewhere that we are not on. Which, if you're hearing this, you probably don't because <laughs> we're there. But uh, we are on like so many things. I don't. Like, I wonder what other, po- I know there's like infinite, infinity number of places to listen to podcasts, but mm-hmm. I wonder which ones we're not on at this point. Actually working on a big distribution deal for us. We're going to be on uh, AM radio pretty soon. Oh, nice. nice. So then we'll Sweet. be broadcast all across the tri-state area. <laughs> and even farther at nighttime on a clear night. <laughs> <laughs> would love to hear the ratings on the am radio that's uh all five people that check us out oh, hey you got a grandpa who wants to listen to this podcast i got a deal you for go. you uh yes there you go so um, can i ask you guys uh, a question about celebration before we move on of course so what uh, i mean we do still have a little time there's obviously going to be quite a few more announcements but what is some like kind of exclusive thing that you would like to see at a celebration maybe a figure a character figure or something like that like i was i'm really hoping or i was really hoping they would do a uh, a high republic exclusive cover like they did with the master and apprentice uh yeah. at the last celebration because mm-hmm. i really dig the high republic i think they could do a lot of cool stuff with that um do you guys have anything in mind that you're like oh man this would be really sweet celebration exclusive thing josh you i mean i think that's i mean i think high republic stuff any sort of high republic stuff is probably Mm -hmm. the the right answer just because i mean there aren't very many stones unturned everywhere else at least in in the realm of stuff like characters that i really really love like they've made figures of most of that stuff well, and uh, um, Attack of the Clones is probably where we're going to mm-hmm. lean for like at least like Hasbro exclusives are going to probably be Attack of the Clones themed. I say this, and then they won't be at all. But um, uh, mm-hmm. I want Newt Gunray uh, with the facial expression of when he was saying "Shooter." 
I, see, that's what I was looking for. That's a specific <laughs> request. Very specific. <laughs> Mace Windu with, uh, or I mean, not Mace Windu, uh, Jango Fett with detachable head. I, I actually want that to be a two-pack with Mace Windu. There you go. Hmm. Um, no, you know, if I if I'm look if I'm thinking like like the book covers and stuff are great. I love that stuff. Um, the pins I'm like okay with. I you know take it or leave it. I try to get the ones um, that I like. You know. Yeah. Uh, figure wise though, you know they did a kit. No, we don't call it a kit. It was like a group of like vintage collection, but it wasn't vintage. It was um, it's carded three point seven five in like this round case and it had like six figures in it and in the middle was the jar jar and carbonite mm. figure which is like i mean that thing sells for over a thousand dollars for the full kit now like for the for all of the figures with the i mean the jar jar by himself is worth a couple hundred dollars but um something like that with attack of the clones would be kind of cool like if you had um you know anakin and and different maybe a different card back but maybe six figures in one kit um or if maybe there's a sideshow super battle droid, that'd be kind of sweet. I'd like to see that. Or even the um, the destroyer hmm. droid, like in a in a sideshow, yeah. I would I would get on board with that. So that'd be kind of cool if we're talking Attack of the Clones. So um, outside of that, I don't know. I mean, there's just I mean, there's lots of things that I would like to have, but yeah, um, I don't I don't I don't know. I have zero. I higher higher public. There you go. Higher, same kit, right? Three point seven five figures, carded backs, but all High Republic figures. Oh, that'd be sick! Yeah, that'd be dope. Wouldn't like, we know if something like that was coming down the pipe? Like, wouldn't mm-hmm. there be some rumors or something? I mean, that'd have to be super top secret from Hasbro if they were going to do something like well, that. Well, did we know um, what the exclusives were going to be at Chicago before Hasbro announced it? Were those rumored? That was the mall and the Obi Wan, Obi Wan. Which, yeah, it was. I think it came out a couple weeks before they announced it, though. Like they officially announced. They it. did. They did. And but Hasbro does have a fan, um, a fan. What are they? Fan first, whatever live stream coming up next Wednesday, I believe. It's on the ninth. I think I'm pretty sure. No, actually, it's on the fourth. It's on the four. No, it's oh. on the fourth. It's on uh, May fourth. So. They do have a live stream coming. Now, I don't know if that's for whatever they're going to release on May 4th or if that's a celebration announcement. I don't know. So, to be determined. So, Well, I hope they don't um, announce what they're releasing on May 4th on May 4th because that would be I, just a cluster F word. I, I totally agree with you. I would not... No, I mean, wouldn't sorry, put it past Hasbro, them, but th- I wouldn't put that past them to go. Hey, these go up for pre-sale today at one o'clock, and then all of a sudden, there's like, even though they're already sold out it. at Target because they were put out on the shelves, <laughs> at, right, or released on Walmart yeah. at midnight for an exclusive that that went up. So, and when they deliver, um, your box is broken and you can't return. Yeah, it God, came in an envelope. Walmart. <laughs> I'm shaking my fist at Walmart right now. Yeah, Person. I. Uh, so I, I would not put that past them but i you're right that would be kind of crazy to do and release everything that you're going to be selling on may 4th on the day that yeah. that it drops so Ho- we'll see hopefully so. fingers crossed that means it's about celebration i'm that's what i'm hoping i'm hoping that we get a maybe a sneak peek of an exclusive for celebration that'd be great but yeah lots lots to come in may lots of stuff i hope everybody's saving money because still don't know 
as excited as I am, my wallet on the other hand is like grimacing already mm-hmm. um, in pain. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure they're going to so, announce a good bit more stuff in the celebration store still. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you think? Yeah. I would hope so um, because the initial round was a little lackluster, but yeah. fart, they have pins still that they have to announce. I'm pretty sure there's a whole bunch yeah, of pins like they haven't dropped yet. Yeah, like 60 or something. There's like so many yeah. pins. <laughs> I, think, I think it's like yeah. 45, but yeah, it's, yeah. there's still yeah, a lot. tons. That's a lot of pins to drop in the next 30 days or so, less than 30 yeah. days at this point. So um, that and then um, obviously uh, hopefully more meet and greets, autographs, photo ops with people because if that's our if that's our list people are going to be walking around we're going to have some free time guys we're going to have to we're going to have to offer an outer rim beacon meet and greet at that point i'm down let's do it we're gonna have to pay people to come to it yeah (laughs) (laughs) it'll be us hanging out with with, uh rebel art empire basically hey i'm all right with that yeah i'm okay with that that is true that'd be a good time (laughs) we'll get some drinks it'll still be a good time i'm leaving my credit card with tab because i have to go into work because i'm so afraid that they might announce rosario's photo op while i'm working (laughs) (laughs) and i'll miss it you won't be able to get to it totally sell out just yeah, like you and did. I could see that. Yep. You, you know who I realized today that I'd really want to photo op with? I would love if he came and he'd probably be a little bit cheaper. Matt Barry. Okay. Matt Barry. And mostly because of <laughs> what we do in the shadows, not because of Star Wars. But same thing with yeah. Danny Trejo. I could you know, I want oh, I wanted a picture with, with him, but I it has nothing to do with Star Wars. How cool would that be? Danny Trejo coming to so Star cool. Wars Con. He's going to be at Motor City Comic Con like next week. Oh, man. But I have a wedding, so I can't go. Boo. I know. Just arrive fashionably late, yeah. Josh. Then you'll be all right. <laughs> um, well, yeah, lots of good news. Lots of good news with Celebration. Lots of good news with May 4th, 5th, 6th coming up. Everything Star Wars this month. It's it's awesome to hear because it seems like you're right. We have been starved for this for far too long. So I sound very, very greedy right now. And I'm okay with that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Very thirsty My for the Star Wars. My expectations are high. So. They had so long to get ready. Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm excited well, to hang out know, with we, you guys too. Me too. Yeah. For sure. I didn't have that um, much fun when Josh came down here. So it'll be good when Justin's there, though. Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. We had fun. <laughs> uh, well, we started off with some uh, some really, really great news with the celebration stuff and everything going on this month. And now we're going to shift gears and go to the, some heartbreaking news uh, as we dive into our recap of Star Wars Rebels. We're on to season four the final season of rebels here that you know obviously leaves big cliffhangers at the end of this um and all of us with broken hearts in multiple ways so um let's start with we've got um season 4 we had less episodes than we did in 2 and 3 we kept saying seasons 2 and 3 were bigger were robust. meteor right they mm-hmm. were robust now we get back into hey we're only about 15 episodes we're talking Lean. about more in-depth lore and story around the centralized characters that we've, you know, come to to love over the last four years, and we get um, a big maturation in all of these characters. I think it was um, the first three seasons is basically them at different times, kind of coming into their own. 
But now when we pick up with Heroes of Mandalore Part 1 and 2, we get the the squad kind of come full fruition at a very, very mature state uh, as to who they are, not just individually, but as a team. Yeah, this season does a really good job of showing that this series had an arc planned out from the beginning and they executed it. And in the fourth season, everything really comes together that I've talked about this with a bunch of my friends before, but there's, you can think of a million great shows that were so, so good. And then the last couple seasons were just like, ugh, I wish they had just ended it already. Uh, and the, the number that like really stick the landing and, it all happened for a reason and there was a purpose to it all. And, and, and you can see why the characters did what they did. Like rebels does all of that and they like totally nail it at the end. It's, uh, I mean, it's mm-hmm. a great, 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 complete package. It's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we did get a lot of two parters again in this mm-hmm. season. We had, you know, obviously heroes of Mandal- Mandalore part one and two, which is our first two episodes. Uh, you have In the Name of Rebellion, part one and two, which is right on the heels of those first two episodes. Um, Rebel Assault and Jedi Knight kind of pair together based on Hera's story and, and a mission that goes awry where she gets captured. Um, and then Jedi Knight is essentially the rescue of Hera. Um, and then you have Fool's Hope and Family Reunion and Farewell, which are the final two um, episodes of this. And it's hard because those... I, I would I, it's fair to say nine through 15 mm-hmm. just all runs yeah. together and it's it's all one story arc that that there's no filler episode in between yeah right Josh, you would get that with some of the others but not this Josh said that before we were recording like it's really hard to tell which episode is which because it really is just like a complete story this is they were separated at the beginning. They all come together and then we're liberating Lothal and um, they're not individual self-contained stories. This season is a really mm-hmm. a, a complete package. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you, for a lot of people out there and, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm not going to sit there and tell Star Wars fans, Hey, you should, you know, go watch the cartoons and they go, well, I really don't like I the am. cartoons. If go watch like, cartoons, if, idiots. <laughs> if you don't, if you don't like it, you don't like it. If it's not your jam, it's not your I mean, jam. But cool, I, I will say this. Don't decide you like you, it before you watch it. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Like give it a chance. And, and I think it was Josh in the, the very first season when we were talking about it had said, once you get past those first couple episodes, it really kind of picks up and comes into its own. And that's when it gets interesting. Cause I think even, even he said it was like, well, at first I thought Ezra was just this like whiny kid and, and you know, it, it, he grew, right. You watch him mature over four seasons. Um, it's, more like so I, character. it's more so his whining was drowned out by the coolness of all the characters that surrounded him. <laughs> oh, gotcha. Um, but yeah, it, it's, if you, if you don't like the cartoons, it's fine. But it's fair to say there that is, Ezra in season four is definitely not whiny. No, I, I would say that. There's, I think, a moment It's or a two bit, Kyle. Let me live, bit, do my bit, okay? He is less, yeah, he gets a haircut and he's like... Don't, don't undermine the integrity of the show. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, go check it out. It's great storytelling. There is a lot that goes on in these episodes that is, that is heartfelt that, you know, and you're, Kyle, you're right, like, these episodes just go together and they're seamless. They're, if you watch Clone Wars, which has what 20 to 30 episodes a season more and you look at that and you go 
well, this episode was stupid. It wasn't about anything. It didn't have anything. And that's your your basis for judging Rebels. It's way off. It's way off because Rebels is nothing like Clone Wars. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some really good story arcs in Clone Wars, but Rebels as a whole from season one to season four is by far. I mean, it's 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 an epic tale, if I guess well, is a, they're, a good I mean, way they're, to describe it. They're different. I mean, Rebels is supposed to be like the story of this one group of people yeah the scope is during totally this different. during this time whereas the like clone wars is supposed to be kind of like a at least when it started was supposed to be like an anthology of different stories throughout different yeah. parts and aspects and time periods in in this galactic conflict so and we do meet some side characters in Rebels along the way, but not near the scope of what you get in Clone Wars. And those those characters in Rebels come back. Well, I that's mean, the thing. Callus They're not really side characters. Those are the no. that's the thing about season four of Rebels. It's like it really is the friends we mm-hmm. made along the way. Because at the end, yeah. they all these people come back to help Ezra and help Stupid. the rebellion and help Lothal. Stupid writer Azadi. It, it was a ruse. He was on their side. I know. He's a jerk. <sighs> well, I guess, you know, if you flip Callus from the Empire over to the no, good no, guys, no, no. you have to have That's a good guy flip Ryder, over. Ryder didn't... That was a ruse. Didn't he sell him out? No. He, him he's, out. he let uh, uh, Price think that he did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Come on, don't do him like that. Think on it. Don't don't let him yeah, go I down in the history that. books. Ryder Azadi. No, I'm Ryder Azadi. <laughs> Um, and also yeah, the so, voice I mean, of um, uh, Savage Opress, I believe, is the same voice actor as Ryder. Same person. Yeah, Man, Savage Opress. What a name. <laughs> yeah, they really dug deep for that one. What's this guy? He's really savage. He's like going to hold other people down, like oppress them. What He's are we going to call him? Oppressing his brother. Yeah. Uh, mm. I don't know. We'll think on it. We'll put, just put Savage in Savage Opress or... for now, and we'll think of something later. Right. And then it got out there in the script. What? And like, oh, that went, we were supposed that to change to that crap. <laughs> now we're Everybody, stuck with somebody it. in there's like, who came up with this? And they're back in the corner thinking they're in trouble. And they're like, I love this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, thank God. And he like wipes a little sweat we're from joking. his brain. That was one of the notes George Lucas gave. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, just this whole season is just amazing and I'm, i was watching it over the weekend and we hit jedi night and it's hard not to well up with tears during that episode because from start to finish watch um, it your own and it's risk, even worse man. after you know it it's even yeah. worse after you know what happens in that episode because when you go back and watch it knowing what happens then you're like this just makes it so much harder to watch but on initial watch if you're watching it for the first time and you have no idea what's going on um spoiler alert and i'm gonna if you, if you don't want the spoiler and you want to go back and watch it then go back yeah, and watch it stop right now show spoiler alert 2016. uh kanan in this episode sacrifices himself to save the rebels crew and it is heartbreaking is to watch mm. um actually absolutely heartbreaking to watch turns into like part of a wolf kind of <laughs> for a little yeah. while <laughs> Yeah, um, he yeah, and he gets a, his a deep voice animal. back from when he was a kid. Do, 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 do. Shut up! 
<laughs> um, but it, th- that for me was like the hardest episode to watch in this That's series. Um, and and it's it, it's crazy. We're gonna about we're gonna dive into this here, but we're gonna talk about our favorites and our, our maybe least favorite, which is really hard to pick. Um, but we're gonna dive into this, and I none of my three were either the openings episodes or the final episodes, which I think is crazy. I so, avoided World um, Between Worlds because I figured both of you guys would go there. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't I don't love it as much as other people do. I think it's cool and it's interesting and Ahsoka comes back, mm-hmm. but I'm not like, oh my God, the world is the greatest thing that ever happened. I can't, that's how we're going to bring everything back to life and make Star Wars fix it again after we get rid of Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> War Between Worlds Last happened week. under her watch though, so she's I know, they're stupid, Josh. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> don't try to make it. Um, we started last week with least favorite, so we'll shift gears and we'll go back to our our maybe top three, top um, three. from the season. Yeah, I know it's, and you can you can lump a part one and part two if you want. That's totally oh, now fine. it's allowed. Now you want some yeah. cheese? Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, I would say one of mine is not lumped with the other one, so you know, fair is fair. Um, Josh, let's uh, let's start with you, sir. What uh, what's move. maybe one of your top three? He's like, hold on, let me look him up. Well, Kyle just shat on World Between Worlds, so I've can't been there. look. I've been looking at him while we've been talking. Um, you know, hmm. Hmm. Just edit this out. We need Kyle. Jeopardy music. That's what I need. I need some Jeopardy. This is where music I was just here. gonna say. Oh yeah. Oh wait, that's that's not Jeopardy that's music. Not. <laughs> oh. I give him the nice. Nice. Would be nice. Don't don't nice. You pick a good episode. I'll give you the the nice, Josh. Which one is the one where where Rook is uh, tracking him down? Oh, that's like three of them. That's a (laughs) flight of the (laughs) defender. That's uh, Kindred. I think is after that one where they try to go back to get it, and that's when he's tracking him down. I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, Kindred. I I love that one because the the Nogri are like such a were such an integral part of they were so integrated into the EU stories that I was reading when I like first started you know that whole thing about mm-hmm. them being loyal to Vader because Vader did yada yada at their planet whatever and and they were and then and then there was a period of time where like Leia had no gear no no grief body or bodyguards and stuff it was it just uh even though I, I I don't think Rook is like perfect I think they but I I'm just it's a mm-hmm. it was an exciting thing for them to bring back into canon for me so I'm gonna go with that one Kindred okay Good choice, good choice. Kyle, what about you? Let's uh what's one of your top three? Uh I'm gonna go with Jedi Knight right out of the gate. And that's yeah. Knight N I G H T, not K N I G H T. They did like that whole thing. Um, but mm-hmm. it's like Kanan, like self-actualized Kanan. He at the beginning of this series, he was really unsure of himself and we've talked about this if you're not if you don't know my thoughts on Kanan please refer back to our previous 3 episodes uh but you know he was had never completed his training and he wasn't a complete Jedi knight and he was 
nervous and he didn't believe in his abilities to teach Ezra, but here we are in season four and his lady is captive and he's self-aware enough to say, we've got to go in and get her, but I'm too close to this to come up with the plan. So Ezra and Sabine, I need you to tell me what to do and we're going to go in and we're going to get Hera out. And he is full Jedi mode. He goes in there, he's slicing things up you know, blind at this point, sneaks in, liberates Hera, gets her Calicori on the way. They have like their sweet, finally like get to be romantic. She's also a little bit drugged up and kind of loose. Like she's had a couple cocktails um, and speaking her mind up there on the roof. Yeah. And um, then right. I hate your hair. What's that? She says, I hate your hair. Yeah, well, he did give himself a haircut and you know <laughs> yeah, he did. If you if uh, you're no a, if you've got a either. ponytail and you lose your own your vision, like maybe don't try to cut your own hair after that. It didn't look great, but you know, what are you gonna do? Uh so then, you know, we see Kanan who is believing in himself and he's come full circle and he's with Hera and they're in love and they've admitted it to each other, and then we land on top of the fuel cell. And Governor Price decides that she wants to kill this Jedi more than anything. That's the most important thing. So she blows up the whole fuel depot with Kanan standing right on top of it. And he kind of uses the force to block uh, the explosion and pushes the transport with the rest of the ghost crew out of the way. And then he is consumed by it. And he is gone. And it is Mm -hmm. so so heartbreaking uh he his his vision returns for a second you see the color come back to his eyes and he locks eyes with Hera right before he dies uh i vividly remember seeing this in real time when it aired the first time and it was shocking like Mm -hmm. uh i I think we knew that the ghost crew wasn't all going to make it out and we knew that Ezra and Kanan were probably high on the list of people on the chopping block because where else would these Jedi be during, you know, the events of the original trilogy? Mm-hmm. We had to explain them out of the story a little bit, but I think you just got to right. feel a little comfortable. And at the time, it was, oh my gosh, so sad. I remember like, Mm-hmm. yelling like no i can't believe uh it was it's so sad it's still sad to see now and now it makes all the stuff that happens before it even sadder when you watch yep. rebels again um yeah but uh, it's still a great episode any i mean anything that can make you feel something like that is uh that's a good piece of art yeah, yeah. i mean the end of that that white screen with the like ash falling yeah. and it's i mean but yeah, like I said, it's harder to watch it after you re- watch it the first time and you go back and watch it and you hear him and he's talking to Ezra. And he, at one point he says, you're a good listener, Ezra. It served you It served you here and will serve you in the future. And Ezra's looking at him like, the hell are you talking about, man? Mm-hmm. And he, he... Well, because in hindsight, knows. we know that, that he knew that this was going to happen. You know, yes, he was, yeah. he wasn't going to make it out and he was willing to make that sacrifice. And, uh, he was kind of saying his goodbyes to people without saying it. And man, whew, yeah. Stuff. Yep. And he didn't realize it at the time, but you know, you're like, what the hell is he talking about? And he's just crazy. Like what is going on? But you get fully realized actual Jedi Knight, Kane and Jarrus in this episode. And it was impressive to watch. 
Love um, even him taking out the stormtroopers, you know, he comes up through the floor, mm-hmm. uh, he, he cuts a hole and the one drops out and then he pushes the other one out the window. And there's a little bit of comic um, relief where Hera's all loopy and she sees him climbing up the glass <laughs> window and she's like, oh, you guys are about to oh. get it. How's he going to get in here? Yeah. What's he? Oh, and then he like slices a hole and she's I like, oh, that's how he's going to do it. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, he's he's literally scaling the side of this base with magnetic yeah. lock things in his hands with Hera hanging on his back. So, I mean, he is just top-notch Jedi here. And then the ultimate sacrificing yourself to save your friends at the end um, and, and holding back the flame and pushing Hera back basically yeah, into Ezra's go. arms. Yeah. Um, you know, as and then basically taking his concentration off the flame using both hands to push the transport away from the explosion. I think it was really gunship. Um, I just said transport because I couldn't gunship. Think of yeah, it, but yeah, it's just impressive, just impressive overall. So, um, that's I think I already knew what happened easily before I saw it, so it didn't hit me as hard. But I understand why it would. Yeah, yeah that's why. Yeah, like that to me, year. that. That was a more shocking moment than like Vader being revealed as Luke's father because like I uh, no I am your father it was just like a thing I was familiar with you just like it was yeah. in the universe you know and I was also like a little kid so um, those things just don't have quite the weight they do when you're a old man with life experiences you know yep. Um, and it's, you know, everybody, anybody that listens to the show knows I'm a huge proponent of story moving forward. And I think if you don't have those things, those m- major things happen to main characters and stories, you're not really advancing the story much. It's, it's always going to be the same characters going through the same thing. So, um, which I mean, essentially rebels has a lot of jailbreaks in it. I'm mm, not going to lie about that. that. Like every, <laughs> that one like theme or motif, like quite a few times. But. Yes. Yes, um, there is a jailbreak just about every other episode but of somebody. Is, but that's how you get your rebels on the front lines with the Empire, like day yeah. in and day out. It does stand to reason that you know you're going to get pinched from time to time. Yes, exactly. So, Josh, what is uh, what's your number two? What, what's number another one two. that's in your top three? Number two. Who does number two work for? Well, I was just going to say that I think that. Um, it's pretty well known that Dave Filoni is a big Thin Lizzy fan. So, oh, is that right? Yep. Jailbreak. Yeah, I, I'm following. Ins- insert <laughs> clip here. <laughs> um. Also, you know, I was wondering. So, do do we to to bring some levity to the last conversation? Um, just thinking about timetables when we admitted we loved each other, and then he died. When do we? Uh, when do we think they made played hide the lightsaber? Uh, well, <laughs> Josh, I don't want to be the one that has to tell you this, but two grown-ups don't have to tell each other they're they they're in love to uh, make um, a baby. This is a Disney property, <laughs> sir. Well, apparently they were uh, experimenting uh, prior to full disclosure there. Yeah, I see. Um, Their love is. I don't know. I don't know. Yes, that's uh, not a. There's no Catholics in a galaxy far, far away. The the force doesn't abide to such puritanical rules, Josh. 
Um, the Puritans and the Catholics were two different groups. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's see. What, All right, what, which what, two? Stop asking me to tell you stuff. Um, Josh I'm looking is at what a hard you, time processing this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking at it's which been ones a long you guys. Week. It actually has been a really long week, but that's an, another story for another time. Um, I have a fondness for this crawlers commanders uh commandeers uh episode and i it was one of these ones when i was going back through i was like oh that episode's not important but i kind of love it i don't know it's uh what's his name as um the trandoshan um sand crawl the mining guild uh dude um what's um seth green isn't he the voice of He's not a Trandoshan, uh, is he? Or is he like the smallest Trandoshan in history? I, I, he's a lizard per- yeah, person. He's some kind no, of I think he is. Some... Person. I, I, I thought think... he was a Trandoshan. Is not a Trandoshan, but. Um, but yeah, Let's it was. No, that he's was a Trandoshan. Um, is he really? Yeah, he's just uh, undersized. Because I, I love, small. I love that whole. <laughs> I love that whole gag with with him where they lock him in the closet. They do all that other stuff. It it's like hark. It's honestly it's like a funnier version of the we're all fine now. Everything's fine here. Uh, how are you? Uh, the the whole yeah. uh, Harrison Ford <laughs> yeah. Han Solo. So yeah, Ezra impersonating. Um, I'm I'm like shook that that's a Trandoshan. There's a Trandoshan guard too, like a, sl- a slave driver, I guess essentially. Uh, mm-hmm. I've never seen a wee tiny Trandoshan pilot like that. I mean, I guess I have. But that's but. essentially the the thing that's stripping Lothal of its resources, right? That's the, yeah, it's the some big kind thing. of mining crawler. Just destroying yeah. the whole planet. And they've got several of these things. And that's how they um, basically, what do I want to say, escape uh, Rook, right? And then they stow away on that thing and, and try to get back. Well, this one they were trying to get, they had just gotten back and they were trying to gather some intel and they were going to use the, um, I guess, radio, whatever, on on mm-hmm. uh, on the crawler here. Sabine was going to upfit it to be able to contact Hera because they're still all split up at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then they find Vizago, who was like, I knew you guys were going to come back to rescue me. And they were like, uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah. <laughs> but no, that's not why they went there. I do like, uh, do like some Vizago in there. Um, that was actually my least favorite episode, Josh. But that's. I, I just like the um, comic relief. Yeah. Like, Rebels hits on the comic relief uh, really well. I And. You know, we talked about before with season one and some of those silly episodes, but, you know, watching them back, they're hilarious. I just feel like these kind of episodes aren't good for first time viewers. But I think by the time this is like a perfect place for this kind of episode, because if you're already this far in, you're like you like this show and you like these characters. So you're bought in ride with the, the comic relief. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. There was a ton of good, like little one comedic one liners in here. Um, you know, Heroes, Heroes of Mandalore Part Two, when they find out Sabine named the weapon the Duchess, and <laughs> Bo asks her, she goes, "Wait, you named it the Duchess?" And she goes, "It was a series of bad decisions." You named okay, it after my sister, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> right. Um, and then um, 
what was it when they were doing the jailbreak um on um tonight there's gonna be a jailbreak on uh yeah in uh in the name of the rebellion Stop part it. two they they free the scientists prisoners that were on the the transport ship when they were looking for the kyber kyber crystal and um they're running around and they said oh it's a Ezra goes oh it's just a patrol pretend like you're still prisoners and the one guy goes we are still prisoners <laughs> it was like it's like what do you want me to to do like uh hey how's it going troop yeah i'm just taking in some night air being a prisoner yeah. right um no there was a lot of good comedic one liners though i mean in the show overall but in in this uh you know in in you know the conversation of Hera with Kanan. She's like got the truth serum in her. She's like, Kanan, I have to tell you something. And she's like, I hate your hair. <laughs> and you're like, No, that's not what I wanted you to say, but it's funny. Um, and then I think when she says, "I love you," finally, when they're up on top of the canister, and he said, "That must be the truth serum talking." She says, "Nope, nope. that's all me." Nope, it's all me. Um, but yeah, lots of good one-liners in here. Uh, Kyle, what's uh, what's your second one? What's uh, what's another I'm one? That say was in the top a fool's hope, which is the penultimate episode. It's second to last mm-hmm. fourteen. Um, it's sort of like I was saying. This is when all the friends we made along the way in Rebels really come together to liberate Lothal. Uh, we get Hot Callus. We get. Uh, Hondo, like this is Hondo's Hondo. never like a bad guy, but he's definitely not a good guy ever. But here in a fool's hope, he is a good guy. He is for the rebellion. He is helping them sneak past the uh the blockade around Lothal. Still cracking wise the whole time, which you love. You love mm-hmm. to see it. Um, but we've also got. Sabine's friend Ket- Ketsu, Ket- something like that. I can't remember her name, but Ketsu Ono. Yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of the clones. Ketsu Ono. We get Ryder. We get the wolves. We, I mean, everybody we've interacted with, we're coming together. And Ezra's calling Iron in, Squadron. Yes, Iron Squ- Squadron. All of mm-hmm. them. And Ezra, <laughs> um, really coming into his own. He's confident. He's a Jedi. He's making decisions. He he has the trust of all these people who are following him. Um, and he's executing a plan that worked to free his home, uh, which was sort of his mm-hmm. thing um, since mm, season two, definitely season three. Uh, but... Well, I'll get to that when we get to my third favorite episode. But yeah, uh, Fool's, uh, yeah. Fool's Hope. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, I think one of mine... Uh, mine was probably Flight of the Defender. I'm just... a World Between Worlds is pretty obvious, so I'm not even going to mention that one. So I'm only going to... Well, someone has to, because it's not on Defender my list. Was, <laughs> it's on my list, but um, Flight of the Defender, for me, was a very cool episode to see because... This is this was Thrawn's bread and butter. This was his baby, and his uh, his opinion of the direction that the Empire should go was to basically build Tie Defenders, which had everything that a ship could want. Right? I mean, it it had shields. It was fast. It was um, it had hyperdrive. not only like the, the proton yeah. turbo. Yeah, it had a hyperdrive. Um, had a nav computer. I mean, this thing had everything. 
and there wasn't anything in the rebel fleet that could have competed with it at all and even watching this episode as um when um ezra and sabine kind of steal it they originally went in to get the basically the black box the Mm -hmm. data box out of it and then sabine gets stuck in there because as because uh, thrawn arrives with governor price to 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 view the demo well they end up stealing this thing and they're flying it around and they send three tie interceptors to basically try to shoot him down and thrawn's like no, no, no! Don't do the kill switch yet. Hold up. Let's see. Let's. This is going to be our put test, it right? Its paces. Yeah, we're going to put it through its paces, and he realizes, like, when they, you know, they basically turn off the the transponder, right? So they can't track it, and um, he realizes, okay, so whoever disarmed that is not Ezra Bridger. So, and he knew Ezra was there and got into it. So the other pi- the other person in there was Sabine because she had the knowledge of how to do that. So he knew Ezra's flying this thing. Number one. Ezra, the way that this thing moves is just unlike any ship that you've seen to this point. And there's literally one scene where he slams on the brakes and does the the Poe Dameron, uh, you know, let him break right thing and let him fly right by from Top Gun. And he does that in this episode and gets behind the two tie interceptors and shoots him down. And Thrawn goes, okay, if even a, a person with his limited piloting ability as Ezra Bridger can take down some of our trained pilots... Think of what a full armada of these things could do with trained pilots. And there just was no stopping it. Well, it's never really elaborated on in this show the way it is in the books. But uh, there was a a big, this project, this TIE Defender project and uh, the Death Star project were running in tandem. Mm -hmm. And there was like a debate over which one should be funded and which basically which philosophy should the empire back you know having a huge fleet of these tie defenders or having this one death star and you know that's tarkin's baby versus mm-hmm. thrawn campaigning for the tie defenders and ultimately they go with the death star uh much to their detriment because and i've said this before if they listen to thrawn at which yep. given the option listen to thrawn or don't listen to thrawn you should always listen to thrawn because like he yes. just always has the best plan uh but they definitely would have won there's no way you know there's no one magic trick shot to beat thousands and thousands and thousands of tie yes. defenders you know one lucky shot and you yep. take out death star but I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do Luke dirty like that and call it lucky. But one well placed <laughs> shot, and you can take out the Death Star. Uh, yeah, it takes a lot of well placed shots to take out every Tie Defender that they're cranking out of a factory. You know, so yeah, bad call by and the it, Emperor. Yeah, it's um, it was very interesting because he there. There's a scene with Governor or with uh, Governor Tarkin and Thrawn in this, and and he tells him he's like, look, he's like. Krennic has been very convincing of his project to the emperor. Krennic, what a turd. He goes, and he's getting the backing. He goes, but I agree. He goes, his project is taking entirely too long and using up too many resources. So Tarkin knew it. He was like, well, the other one is not a blow up Jetta. And then he was like, oh yeah, I'm going to take this. This is going to be mine. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is mine now. But he, he basically was like, you know, he, he's a smooth talker. He's getting his way because he's a smooth talker. And in the Thrawn novels, that's the one thing Thrawn never understood was the politics that go into 
all of this and he didn't want to be part of it. So that's when one you, of like the most heavy this, handed part of those books too. Like they just rub your nose it in it. Like Thrawn, he's so smart, but he just can't get along with the people. If only he could understand Ex- right. politics. Like, okay, so here you it. have Krennic who's schmoozing all the other admirals and, and governors, right? And he's get them on his oh, side. Like, like, Oh, our weapon is going to be fantastic. It's going to destroy every, you know, he that's just who he is and thrawn is not like that so tarkin basically says look you're gonna have to go directly to the emperor uh, emperor and pitch your pitch your idea and he get his backing like i can only do so much it's not my decision it's his decision you need to go sell it and and that was it like that obviously it didn't didn't pan out for him dice josh what was your your thought on that I was just thinking about how, like, not only you don't even have to go with like Thrawn's like project was so much better, and but not only like the the without the Death Star, say they'd never made the Death Star, I don't think they lose the war. The 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 time manpower and yeah, and (laughs) the the time, the manpower, the resources, money, yeah, sunk into that thing. Mm -hmm. I mean the. I feel like they lost, they lose their ability to mass produce cheap ships and fling them. Cause you know, that's, that was, that's been the whole thing with the, the empire is that they, they're like, well, we don't need to train the stormtroopers and we don't need to build ships with hyperdrives because we could just, yeah, we can just throw them numbers, you know, sheer numbers. Yeah. So that was, that was one of my favorite episodes was watching the flight of that, the, the actual like full, I guess demo of the tide. They'd seen them before this episode, but this was the the tide defender elite is what they called it. And the uh, the I forget what was the pilot's name. It was um oh what was his name Volt Scaris, which sounds like, like an imperial of, like yeah, imperial right. pilot name like Ace Shoot <laughs> Up or something. Yeah, I am, it, he did. He does have like the little mustache right here, right with the yeah. like part the Baron. <laughs> yes, it was totally a. Uh, red baron-esque type thing so but that was just one of my my favorite episodes to watch so um i do like that the body style is very reminiscent of the chiss claw craft too from eu Mm -hmm. which i think was a purposeful choice it's super cool yeah it's super homage um where are we at we're on number three number three josh yeah what's your number number trace your number three well since no one else did it i'm gonna do the war of the war of the worlds the world between worlds (laughs) 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 uh you know we uh we got uh some really cool visuals and a really interesting narrative device that we have to be very careful about using but i feel like uh if they were going to use it for anything, uh, saving Ahsoka from Vader and giving us so much more Ahsoka content because of it. Uh, you know, it's uh, mm-hmm. a very good decision that they made as far yeah. as Star Wars storytelling is concerned. I'd like to see them explore this cosmic force, you know, uh, space more, but I'm just, I am. Uh, worried about how you know it's kind of like a any anytime you have like time travel you have to be very careful about mm-hmm. you know not ruining the trope so yeah. can i say and i'll have to watch it again to make sure i'm not just like talking out of my butt but i always interpreted that as 
Ezra saved her from the collapsing, like the temple that was collapsing around them that was going to crush her more than he saved her from actual Vader. Like, I don't think, I never interpreted it as Vader was going to be able to kill her, whether that means he was like capable of beating her in a fight or actual cap- actually capable of doing it. Um, mm-hmm. but I always thought that they had reached like a stalemate and they were about to get crushed and he pulled her out and then it collapsed and then he put her back in. And that's when we see her walk through the tunnel. Um, because th- this is another weird thing that I have thought about after rewatching this show. Um, there was all the stuff about Ahsoka lives and did she live or did she not live after twilight of the apprentice? Um, but you can see her like walking through a little tunnel at the end, you know? So mm-hmm. I don't know why we didn't know she survived. Cause you can see her walking <laughs> away at the end of the episode and you can see Morai like fly <clears throat> down to be with her. Um, I think he- cause it wasn't clear. Like, I don't think everyone caught that. Like it wasn't the intention that everyone would ca- catch that just like eagle eyed people would catch that like oh there's someone walking down there gotcha. looks like it might be ahsoka like okay. and then it's just like obvious in hindsight yeah and then and yeah. also like maybe you see her but like what's the context like and wh- how did that happen what is she how is she there how is she wh- why is she walking back in like yeah mm-hmm. but yeah i ju- i mean yeah. i was just i was just differentiating like between i don't think vader beat her necessarily or was going to kill her or going to be able to kill her i think she was going to potentially be crushed by like the collapsing building that was collapsing around him you know yeah i guess i mean that yeah i wasn't necessarily make like making that definitive statement as much as i was just saying like saved her from whatever was happening yeah whether it's yeah, yeah whether it's the vader or I mean, I'd like to think that Vader couldn't do it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, where I I will never know, I guess. But uh, you know, and interestingly enough, you know, this is like kind of the last piece of that lesson that Ezra's learning. He did, and also more than saving Ahsoka, he really just needed that moment with Ahsoka because she gave him some wisdom that he really needed, Mm -hmm. like at that point in time and then he put her right back where she was and then he chose not to take Kanan out and save him mm-hmm. which was like a whole like he had to be willing to let go of him which we know is like that's kind of a turning point for Jedi like if you can't let go of that loss and that fear of loss that's uh, problematic for a Jedi right um but he yeah. did it and he he was able to understand uh Kanan's sacrifice and why it had to be that way yeah he'd be be an entirely different story if he had gone and pulled out Kanan not realizing what would happen to the rest of the group at that moment and then the two of them are in the wor- world between worlds and the rest of their friends just perished so um completely different story at that point so um Josh that was yours yep. uh, Kyle what's your third one uh, my last one's going to be Family Reunion and Farewell, the finale. Um, it's, Very nice. It's really good. Like I was saying, Ezra, um, we get the full arc from the very beginning where he was 
robbing from people and he didn't care about anybody. He was only doing whatever he had to do to survive. He was only worried about himself. And I don't judge him for that because that's where he was. You know, he was on his own since he was like six years old or whatever and just had to do whatever he had to do to survive. Uh, and then here we are at the end. Um, he sacrifices himself not only for his newfound family, but also for his whole home planet. Um, and he, mm -hmm. just like Kanan, knew exactly what he was doing when he went into it, and he knew he was going to make that sacrifice, and he was okay with it. Um, and that's like a total Jedi move, is I'm going to do mm -hmm. the hard thing to save all these other people, even if it's not what I want to do. Um, and he executed a really well-thought-out plan that worked almost to perfection mm -hmm. which is crazy because most of the most of the plans that rebels comes up with is they're going to do something mm -hmm. something goes awry and it never goes perfect yeah. um he actually outsmarted so, thrawn which does not happen yeah no mm -mm. Yeah. i mean that um, part was a bit of an ad lib at the end there but he did yeah but i mean he he learned so much from so many different people through the course of his maturation that that i think is what helped him if he hadn't learned from all those individuals he'd be a different it wouldn't have happened that way i mean including saw um i think he did take some lessons from saw that especially in in this final season mm -hmm. um that he wouldn't have otherwise gotten from mon mothma well, i think he either. also kind of learned saw showed him where that line really existed and how yes. far you can push it and then of course we get the epilogue too which was just yep. phenomenal with the, oh yes the gray ahsoka and the uh, you know, Sabine doing the whole talk through where everybody is and Kanan and Hera's son and Rex being fighting on Endor and all those things. It was good mm -hmm. stuff. How excited are you to see to that we're probably going to see some conclusion or some like where the, where the next step is with several of these characters in the Ahsoka show. I am cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'm excited um, to see. I believe that Dave Filoni, as far as the storyline goes, has something in mind for these characters. I don't, <sighs> I'm not, I'm not going to be like snarky about the, any of those other shows. I, even if I don't like the way some of the stuff has translated from animation to live action aesthetically, um, I think like the overall stories, I, th I think these characters are safe, hopefully. But I feel pretty confident that at least the overarching story is going to be nice, even if like Hera looks crazy on screen or something you know mm -hmm. yeah well i feel like yeah. they know how to do twi'leks like yeah, if, it, if there's anyone be, that i'm not worried about it's Hera. crazy <laughs> or sabine will I, be like i mean dave's gonna be fully in his sandbox or something yeah. yeah 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 it'll be interesting to see we've got lots of characters to to look at so go ahead josh well no i was just saying that it, it like dave's gonna be fully in his sandbox and it this is mm -hmm. The Ahsoka show mm -hmm. seems like it's literally just going to be Rebels season five. 
Yeah. Or like the rebels yeah. or like call it like the Ahsoka, like Ahsoka and then colon Sabine's epilogue part two. Like, you know, well, it's like if I know that the stuff that Favreau is making is probably going to look really awesome on screen. I know that the stuff that Dave is writing is going to be like a really solid story. That's those are the things that I mm-hmm. believe. I'm not as confident in the other side of those two things, but I I think I feel good about that. Do you think we could see some live action Martez sisters in this Why? or or potentially the who is, uh, I can't remember their names. The kids, I think that she was helping in the novel from the Ahsoka novel, maybe come back into this storyline at some point. I mean, the Martez sisters have knowledge, right? They, I mean, they've clearly worked for the crime syndicate for a little bit or were trying to run Spice, right? So they do have some knowledge. I mean, so maybe she, they're helping run. her. That maybe they they're trying to help at. her find Thrawn by going undercover and doing some syndicate work. I don't know. I think if you put the Martez sisters in there, it would be a, it would feel very shoehorned. Yeah, that would be a joke. I mean, think of like who the people, it made sense for Ahsoka to interact with the Martez sisters at that point in time. Mm -hmm. At this point, when she's like showing Luke how to be a Jedi master and she's connect, got all these connections to Bail Organa and the whole rebel network and everyone and anyone like, why would she call on the Martez sisters? I'm not saying she calls on them, but what if she runs into them again? Why would she ever do that? I don't know. Justin, we do not need more of the Martez sisters. I think the way that, so I, well, you know what though, the way that that works is we see more of them in bad batch working for the rebellion and that's how they become part of the like official network because we've already we already uh-huh. saw that they were already they're already integrating in that way i'm just saying like if that's if they're going to do that we better see we would how need to see more integration of them prior yeah there's there's so many different directions that series can go though. But that's so not really be... what I want. Let's just do let's just do what I said. Let's do <laughs> Look, if she's asking about Thrawn two. and we've got post Endor Ahsoka, like we better be looking for Ezra. Yeah. We better be meeting up with Sabine and looking for Ezra because like Ezra. what the hell what the hell else are we doing yeah. here with like oh, yeah. we do not need the Martez no, I, I think, sisters I think that's, and their No 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 and I think that's absurd i think that's a a fair assumption but at this point the martez sisters are significantly older right than what they were when they first met no connection to any of we don't know where they're going to be i they don't have to have a connection i'm just saying she could run across i mean we ran across ketsu ono in rebels who had no connection to anything that that they were doing and then by the end she was joined in like that's like they introduced a new character that's like a totally different thing but the martez sisters were new characters in clone wars season seven I, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you could see it. You could see it somewhere you know, in there. Go ahead. You Josh. know what else we might see? Three words for you live action pergills. That is possible. <laughs> True. I, want I mean, it. they had flying remote controlled whales at the Grateful Dead concert. I think I saw a video of that floating around out there. So <laughs> you never know. So, but lots of different ways they can go with that. So, what um 
what what's your least real quick what's uh did anybody have a least favorite episode in season four i put jedi knight down as also my least favorite uh because it is very sad to see kanan die (laughs) and i think (laughs) all of these episodes are valuable to the season there are there aren't any that i think you can take out um but True. that one is still the hardest to watch. I like it, um, and it's Agreed. but it's still like really sad. Agreed, Josh. I can't pick one. Um, I the Crawler Commanders was probably like my least, but I mean it wasn't. I mean it's not a bad episode. Again, all of these are really really good. Um, the only thing that really kind of stood out to me, I think, was um in in the name of Rebellion Part Two when they're helping saw and they find the giant kyber crystal and he's saw is so convinced that this giant kyber crystal is being used to construct a weapon right and they have all these engineers and tech people that were captured by the empire and we get to the end of this episode and they get back to um you know they they escape uh they blow up the kyber crystal it destroys the transport ship and the um i think it was titus that was actually piloting the um imperial cruiser that was there and that blew up so titus is dead now um but you know saw leaves with two tubes and they're gone and at the end when they get rescued by kanan and hair in the group sabine asks she goes saw seemed her quote was saw seemed convinced that they were trying to weaponize it is that even possible and then kanan goes hmm at that scale i don't know and all I'm th- sitting there thinking is like you literally stick your kyber crystal into a bunch of metal parts and throw a switch and it activates and you don't have to be a Jedi to use it. So the thought of taking a giant kyber crystal, putting a lot of mechanical parts around it to create another ginormous laser is totally possible. And that was the only thing I thought was a little, I guess, out of place at the end of the episode, like after all they went through and how secretly it was guarded and knowing all the things that you know at this point the geonosians have been wiped out because they were building something uh they're stealing not just civilians but actual like mechanics and techs and things like that and they're ba- that was the second kyber crystal that they encountered the empire trying to steal so yes is it feasible that it's a giant weapon of course it is because you see two people running around with smaller versions of it the only difference is it has like a containment field that keeps it to a specific yeah, i don't know why Kanan would be so unsure that it's scalable. Like, yeah, why not? More energy in, more energy out. I... Right. Right. <laughs> that was the only thing I, I couldn't, I was like, that just, it seemed out of place to me. Well, he was like 11 um, the years episodes old were when great. the Jedi died. He doesn't know all that much stuff. <laughs> he don't he know the science know the stuff, so. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we, we covered a lot of our moments. We covered a lot of the quotes from season four that we enjoyed uh, during this season. Is there anything else that you guys want to drop uh, before we blow this thing and get out of here. Uh, the only quote I wrote down was Ezra, who he made a recording for his ghost crew family mm. before he went up to Thrawn's ship and sacrificed himself. Um, and in that recording, he kind of explained what was going on. And he said, there were several paths in front of me. While this wasn't the one I wanted to take, it's what I had to do. That's something Kanan taught me. Um, and that's just like such a great, uh, full Mm -hmm. circle end of the line for Ezra from where he started. Um, 
and a great shout out to Kanan because he did do kind of the same move. And I've seen you, you there's pictures on the internet where they overlay them on top of each other, but you can see Kanan with both arms out where he's holding the explosion with one hand and pushing, um, pushing the transport with the other hand. And then it's the same exact shot with, uh, Ezra in the finale mm-hmm. where he's got both arms out and he's kind of breaking through the window, I think, and holding on to Thrawn and the pergular coming. Um, but it's just a really good, uh, kind of mirror. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and all, and all the talk of rebels and what we got into, we, I mean, there's a whole bunch of good Mandalorian stuff in there in the beginning as well that we didn't, we didn't even touch on. Um, but the one quote that, uh, before we end this, uh, that I'm going to leave you guys with was the, uh, you know, when they're in the ship and they're, they're trying to escape the empire, uh, Rao says, you know, our weapons are disabled and, uh, Ezra, uh, Bo Bo opens the back hatch oh, right this, of the ship, and uh, Ezra, Ezra goes, "Where are you going?" Ralph said, "Our weapons are down." And Bo looks at him and says, "A Mandalorian with a jetpack is a weapon." Yeah. <laughs> and Ezra goes, "I'm not a Mandalorian." And he's not that slick with a um, jetpack either. <laughs> nope. And she just like casually jumps out the back, yeah. like, "All right, time to go to work." Yeah. Bo uh, on the other hand, to, very nice with the jetpack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ezra didn't quite get the hang of it, I think, in the time that he had it. No, so that's a great line. All and right, well, we will. Jetpack uh, is a weapon. Oh, that's true. Yes. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. That was Rebels Season 4 Recap. We are through all four seasons of the awesome television animated series that is Rebels. Josh, what were you going to say at the end there? I kind of I rudely cut you off there. Nope, before I... it's, uh, it's our internet connection. But uh, I, I remembered a quote uh, when, <laughs> when Governor Price is torturing Hera and she's screaming. She says, you have a lovely voice, General Sundula. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good one. Um, we hope you guys have enjoyed uh, listening to the Rebels Breakdown. We're always happy to talk about Rebels. We love some Rebels, love some uh, animated Clone Wars, love the animated shows. So um, feel free to, to chat with us at uh, Celebration because I'm pretty sure nobody's going to be talking about Star Wars at Celebration. So, you know, we're, we're happy to talk about that stuff. Um, anyway, <laughs> um, you can find us on any one of the social medias at Outer and Beacon. You can email us Outer and Beacon at gmail.com. You can catch us. Our, all of our live streams are actually up on our YouTube channel. Same name. You can go find it there. Um, and find us anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, we covered that earlier. SoundCloud, Spotify, and maybe ones we don't even know about. We're probably out there. So um, if you have friends that are looking for a Star Wars podcast as well, bring them in we're happy to have them always happy to talk star wars with people so my name is justin you can find me on twitter at i am the bendu where are they going to locate you guys at this is josh i'm on instagram and twitter at battle of tanab and this is kyle and i am kb underscore legend on twitter and instagram and probably anything else everybody have a great may 4th happy 501st day that was the first have a great may 4th may the force be with you um the fifth whatever you celebrate in the month of may that's star wars related pick one there's about a million of them so uh 
As always, though, may the force be with you. Always. Happy Cinco de Mayo. For light and life. Bye. Ho <laughs> ho.